What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. With all the speculation around the Chicago Bulls and who they could be trading, what the next form of the roster is going to look like, the Bulls, one thing that's been consistent is that the Bulls remain hesitant to trade Alice Caruso. Per a new article from Casey Johnson, that still seems to be the case. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're just going to talk about the reportedly the Knicks not really being interested in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. And we're going to preview tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Full Central Pod on every single social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, I want to start off with this article from Casey Johnson. Uh, he wrote on NBC Sports Chicago, and he says that the Bulls have been hesitant to discuss deals involving Alex Caruso at this point because he's arguably the regime's greatest success story, and he is a perfect embodiment of the culture the franchise wants to project. And so, you know, now he does point out as well, Casey Johnson, that things can change between now and, you know, the, the next two months where the trade deadline is February 8th, especially if the Bulls get a, get, get a you know big offer for Alex Caruso. He could be a very sought-out player at that trade deadline, and the Bulls may very well get an offer that they just can't pass up. But I want to talk about why, you know, I, I I go back and forth on this. Me and Pat, the designer over on Locked on Bulls, have had a couple of discussions, actually, about this, uh, and you know, with Alice Crusoe, you know, and he's very much on the point of, I don't want, he doesn't want to see the Bulls trade Alice Crusoe. He thinks Alice Crusoe is important, uh, you know, for the culture building, things like that. And that's not, it's not to say that I disagree with that. I do understand what and how Alice Caruso can affect building a culture here in Chicago, especially as we look to move forward into the next phase of the roster with, like, ball movement, player movement, everybody kind of getting touches, unselfish defensive intensity. Alice Caruso brings all of those things. But the thing that I think kind of makes it a big deal for me is that you want to look at the future, right? And Alice Caruso, if he is, which, you know, going into next offseason when he does become a free agent, not this upcoming offseason, the offseason after, at that point, he'll be about to turn 31 years old, and he could very well look to ring chase, which, you know, the Bulls are probably not going to be in a situation where that is the most uh, conducive thing for him. And so the Bulls do have to play some type of risk versus reward, right? Like, yes, Alice Crusoe is huge for culture building, and one could say maybe over the next, you know, the rest of this season, all of next season, even if he does leave in the offseason, you can let him ride off into the sunset, let him go chase titles and appreciate the, the way that maybe he helped these young players learn over this next year and a half. But you you also don't want to pass up an opportunity to me um, to, to add future assets, especially if you can get a first or God forbid two firsts, even if one's heavily protected, things like that for a player like Alice Caruso, when your team is so far away from being anything close to a contender for an actual NBA championship. Now, could they could they compete for a playoff or play in spots? You know, that remains to be seen on how this team is going to continue to develop and what they do eventually get back in a Zach Levine-type move or whatever else. But, you know, you, the last thing that I think the Bulls should be in is a position where you have a player that you can't get assets back for and you just don't make that move. That's kind of, you know, one thing with this Bulls team is 
is that they have always kind of been a year behind the curve, right? A year behind right now, even in, you know, the, the shopping of Zach Levine, kind of a year now behind that value being as high as what it's going to be. With DeMar DeRozan, they find themselves in a similar situation, right? Nobody knows what the future holds for DeMar, but the trade market may be much less for DeMar than what it would have been a year ago just because he's an expiring contract. So the Bulls really have to look at those type of things. I understand what Alice Caruso can mean. And if you can lock in Alice Caruso to a contract extension, um, you know, this upcoming summer, which he would be eligible for contract extension at that point, if you can lock him up for a contract extension in the offseason, cool. If, they, if the Bulls feel confident and where they stand with Alice Cruz, so in conversations that they've had, where, where he sits with the team, that they're going to be able to lock him in to maybe a three-year extension on the end of that deal, which would put him here for another four years, cool. Then at that point in time, you keep him in. He could be a culture piece, depending on what that contract's going to be. But if you have any fear, any inclination, any inkling that Alice Caruso may very well walk at the end of this contract to go to a team that he can compete for a title on, to me, you're doing a disservice to the future of your team to then not look and explore what that market is and what you can get back for him now. And, and, you know, not even just now, but like I said, Alice Caruso's value is going to be high regardless. I think even if the Bulls do look and wait to move him, maybe even at the draft, right, to kind of move up in the draft if they need to or something like that, which I don't really think this is the type of draft where you move up in, but I'm just throwing out theoreticals, um, that, the, that the value would still be there, right, to, to a degree. Um, Alice Caruso is one of the most cost-effective type contracts that you could get a player on, especially per his production and how he stepped up his offensive game this season. So, you know, you have those aspects of it to really look at as well. But I, I, I look at it and say this, like, I love Caruso. To me, he's a the type of player that we love here in Chicago. He's a dog. The way that he's increased that three-point shooting, he talked about it in the offseason. And once the season started, we saw that, no, it wasn't just talk. This is a reality. This guy is, is averaging one of the best three-point shooting percentages in the league right now. And so, you know, those things are all valid and they're all true. And those are all things that you want towards the team, even if you go younger, you go, you know, retool, rebuild, whatever it is. That's something that, you know, the, the way that his he works, the work ethic, right, the way that he competes, the way that he sacrifices for his team, that is absolutely a culture that you want on this team wholeheartedly. Do not get me wrong on that. But you also, at this point in time, are still a team that's really searching to get the most bites at the apple at talent that you can add to this team that's going to help pay off and increase this ceiling in the future. So you really have to kind of monitor it and go both ways with it. The last thing you want to do is be left out when you could have gotten some assets back, uh, some value back, and then he ends up walking for nothing. So, you know, the, the Bulls got to play that. That's on the front office, as I've been saying all season. I don't envy the place the front this front office is now. It's it's in large part of their own doing. So, you know, they've created this, so they got to figure out a way to get out of it. But, you know, Alex Crusoe is a special player, and I know the Bulls fans love him. I love him. But, I mean, when you go and you're trying to fix something that has gone completely left, sometimes you got to you, you gotta send off pieces that you like uh, to get some future assets and hope that you get the get those uh, whatever deal you make with those assets, you make the right decisions there. So we end up seeing what the future holds for Alex Crusoe in the Chicago Bulls jersey. Either way, um, you know, you, I, I, like I said, never going to be mad at Alice Crusoe being on the team. Never, never. But with that said, let's go ahead and move on. So one of the teams that have been kind of rumored around the Bulls, Zach Levine, there's been some interest going back for like two years. They've been reportedly interested in Zach Levine. They were a team that was listed on DeMar DeRozan's preferred teams to go to list as well. If he is traded, not necessarily a trade request, but if he was traded. Well, according to Ian Bagley, uh, the, the Knicks have not engaged in advanced talks 
with the Chicago Bulls on potential trades for either Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan. Now, advanced talks is the key word of that. It does not mean that they have not made calls. It just means that outside of maybe those preliminary talks on, hey, what would it take? What would it take for us to get DeMar here? What would it take for us to get to get Zach? Or would you be interested in this in potential Zach? No, okay. Well, you know, we'll go back with it. Like, so, you know, those are those happen more than what I think fans realize. There are a lot of uh exploratory talks that happen uh or at least just calls that, that fillers that go out from GMs all throughout the season. We'll never hear about 99.99% of them, the, the parts that we hear are the very minuscule parts of it. So that really doesn't surprise me. Then Philip Martinez actually added to this as well, saying uh, that, you know, the, the Knicks have expressed interest uh, in Zach Levine in recent years. Um, but, you know, again, it comes down to that value. And right now, the Knicks being fifth in the Eastern Conference, they sit at 12 and 8 on the season. Uh, they, they are a team that looks like they are going to be a playoff team. But as we know with the Knicks, they're always looking for something to kind of get them over the top. Now, you have the reigning Eastern Conference player of the week and Julius Randle down there. Uh, you know, you got Jalen Brunson, who, not, not you know what? As, as, as fans of just the, the game of basketball, the NBA in general, we need to be talking about Jalen Brunson more and what he does. You guys know I hate the New York Knicks. Not that I hate any player on that roster, really. I just hate the franchise. I hate the Knicks. It's ingrained in me as a Bulls fan uh, going back to the 90s, so it just is what it is there. But th- Jalen Brunson is a dog, and I'm sure they're looking at what they got in Jalen Brunson for a deal that a lot of people thought may have been an overpay, and they're trying to make sure that they can add the most assets around that as they try to b- build a team going forward that is going to be, you know, a dog. And so right now, the New York Knicks may, you know, are, are probably in this evaluation mode of, hey, we're playing really well right now. Uh, you know, 12 and 8. Now, it's not like they're world beaters, anything like that, but they're playing really well. You got uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are averaging over 20 uh, points per game. You got RJ Barrett not too far off from them, right around 19 points per game. And you got quickly averaging 15 points a game coming off the bench for them as well. But they may be looking for something to, to kind of get them over the top. What is a good pairing for, for them? And, you know, I, I, the, the thing is, and because they would be looking to add to the team, I know a lot of Bulls fans have thought, well, could we get quickly back if we sent DeMar? I don't know if that's going to be the case, right? Like, I get it quickly as a scorer coming off the bench for them, and he plays still 24 minutes per game. Uh, this is a guy who's 6'2", 190 pounds. He's just a, a listen, as an shoot, undersized shooting guard, he can, he can still absolutely fill up the stat sheet. And, the, and the, the thing about the Knicks is they have contracts they could absolutely use to get in any type of deal. But the fact that it's not in advance talks kind of makes sense to me as well with where the team sits right now. They may very well be willing to say, hey, rather than us give up some of these young guys and assets for any deal, regardless of what it is, maybe we look and say, hey, let's just keep this team going. Maybe we can add something organically to this team, maybe in the offseason, something like that. Yeah, at that point, you risk the chance of maybe a player falling off or something like that. But injury, you know, every year the, the risk for injury goes up around. But, you know, the Knicks kind of not really getting in those advanced talks makes sense. And again, like we said before, too, like, you're not really going to get very many advanced talks anyway before December 15th, then maybe even further than that, January 15th. And the Knicks are going to be a team as well that are exploring other options than just what the Chicago Bulls have. They could be looking at the Toronto Raptors, which could be another team looking to kind of break up some of what's going on with that roster. There's some other rosters in the NBA that could do that as well. But I think the Knicks are going to be one of those teams that kind of sit back and kind of wait on the first domino to fall, right? If a a team at the trade deadline or near that trade deadline uh, approaching that makes a big move that kind of ups where they expected to be in those standings you could see the Knicks go ahead and pull the trigger on a move that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be for either one of the Chicago Bulls players but you could see the Knicks do that so hearing that advanced talks haven't happened right now it's not really too surprising uh to me uh even with their reported interest over the last few years in Zach Levine but hey let me know what you guys think on that 
down below as always. But before we go today, we do have a game today against the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs are one of the, you know, coached by Greg Popovich, a legend in this game. And while the Spurs only have three wins, I think, on the season so far, um, this is not a team that you want to overlook because, listen, you're the Chicago Bulls. And while you have been playing much better over this stretch, um, the, listen, you, you had some trouble with the Charlotte Hornets in that. Uh, and, and you don't want to be outcoached completely by the San Antonio Spurs. Now, one thing with the Spurs, yeah, their offensive numbers don't jump out the stat sheet at you. They're middle of the pack as far as three-point shooting attempts, middle of the pack of field goal percentage, middle of the pack of points per game. But one thing that they do have that's elite is their third team in assist, and they have Victor Wimbiama. So that's, a, that's another thing that you got to look there with the San Antonio Spurs. And their team that also just made a change and finally moving Jeremy Sohan out of that starting point guard position try to start doing some different things there for them as well. And so, uh, you know, listen, it's going to be a, a, a treat to be able to see uh, Wimby play against the Chicago Bulls team. They don't have a single 20-point-per-game score either, right? They got, they got two players averaging 18 in Devin Vassell and, uh, and, and Wimby in that. But then Keldon Johnson averaging 16. You got Zach Collins, uh, Joe, Jeremy Sohan, all their players averaging double-digit scoring attempts. But this team is so well-coached that, I don't think you really want to overlook this team just because of their record. They can come in here and they can get, get you know, like I said, it's Greg Popovich, right? You always want to look at Greg Popovich. He's always going to be a threat to beat any coach that's in front of him, regardless of the roster that he has, because he's just that damn good of a head coach in the NBA. So, you know, the Bulls, things stay the same with them. And I know I've been saying that now for a while with the Chicago Bulls team. It's the execution and intensity defensively. Right, going after loose balls, going after the rebounds. If the Bulls can win the rebounding battle uh, against this team, again, that puts them in the best situations that we know this team has been thriving at with the recent play from this team. They can get out in transition. Players like Kobe White, Io, Patrick Williams when he's playing really well, Alice Caruso all thrive in that. We don't know if Alice Caruso is playing or not. We haven't really gotten an update on that either, which yeah, that's a little bit concerning if I'm just being 100% honest with you. With you know, I, I just want the Bulls to just be kind of forthcoming on this Alex Caruso thing. We know he got dinged up pretty bad there. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, this Spurs team is not the, – the stats don't jump out the sheet at you. So it's not one of those things where I'm going to be like, hey, look at this stat that they have, or this stat points to this, or this stat points to that. But it comes down to the Bulls and the competition. Can the Bulls come in and get back to executing? And one thing that we saw in the last game that was concerning is kind of getting back to watching DeMar DeRozan get to work. That's not what, where, where this Bulls team is best at. They're not best at when this when they're watching other players get back to work. And it wasn't isolation ball. A lot of people go immediately to saying it was isolation. No, it's just players moving without the ball. We have to move without the ball. We have to move without the ball. So if we can do that, um, move without the ball, spread the ball around, limit turnovers while getting turnovers ourselves, getting into that, uh, getting into transition basketball, again, pushing the pace when it matters, not just pushing the pace to run and gun, but pushing the pace when you get those uh, those defensive rebounds, when you force those turnovers, when you go, go after those loose balls, those are times where you want to push the ball in transition, and that's when the Bulls are the most dangerous at. Alex Caruso and Torrey Craig are both listed as probable for this game, uh, but, you know, so there, there you have that. Expect the starting lineup to stay the same. Uh, Patrick Williams, who, you know, last game didn't really take a whole hell of a lot of shots, but still did a lot of things outside of that in the game of basketball that made him, uh, you know, uh, have an impact on that game. But the Vooch matchup, Vooch against Wimby is going to be something that I'm extremely, uh, you know, watching to see how Vooch goes against this modern day big if when he's guard, when he's put up against him. Otherwise, it could, we could see a lot of Patrick Williams on Wimby as well as, you know, the San Antonio Spurs have been starting Wimby at power forward and Zach Collins at center. So, you know, seeing Patrick Williams and what him and Torrey Craig uh, are able to do against Wimby in this game, 
going to be exciting to see that, Matt, that, that part of the matchup as well. So, you know, a, a fun, exciting game that I expect us to get from the Chicago Bulls today. Hopefully they come in. Hopefully they, they execute. And hopefully we get back to that kind of grit and style of play that we've been seeing from the Chicago Bulls team, you know, the two games prior to the last game, even though still got a win. And that was the important part of it. They got the win. But can the Bulls get a dub again tonight against the San Antonio Spurs? Let's hope so. But let me know your thoughts and predictions down below if you're on the YouTube side. If you're on the podcast side, I'll tell you guys how to get your thoughts in here in a second. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. This is all also in the description of every video or podcast if you're on the podcast side so you guys can get that information there. But like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.